take us through that process. What was it like um, to, was it where you had to reach out mm-hmm. to get an endorsement? Or did you find that everybody came to you? How much of that was connected to your social media, et cetera? What was the process of getting endorsed like? So initially, um, I'll talk about when I first found out about endorsements. Okay. Um, when I first found out about, about endorsements, the first thing that was going through my mind, okay, I want free gear. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I, you know, I, I don't want to have to pay for gear. I, I want, I'm seeing other drummers, like, you know, drummers who are already well-known and, yeah. you know, in the industry and doing things in the industry. And uh, I'm like, man, I want to be, I want to be endorsed because it looked good to me. Mm-hmm. And I was just sending emails, uh, just reaching out to them. Hey, I'm, you know, I'm looking to be endorsed, blah, blah, blah. Not really having anything to to show for or having a reason okay. for for me being endorsed by these companies. Okay. So, so you reached out before you were J Rod, as we know, I did. as we know you now. I did. Just just go ahead and making it known. Hey, I want I want to be affiliated. Exactly. Okay. I want to be affiliated, and also too because you know I was like, okay, if I get endorsed, then that's going to give me gigs uh, because it okay. looks good. You know, okay. it's almost like I was. I Part thought before it before the horse almost. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, okay, if I get this endorsement, that's just validation that, hey, I made it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's not it's right. not the case. Right. You know, once I realized that wasn't working, I'm like, okay, you know what? I had I had to be real with myself. I'm like, I haven't I haven't put in any work. Mm. This was before wow. I was like, you know, this was before I was like going going as hard as I am at at, at music right. and in the of industry course. and stuff like that. Right. Like building a social, staying consistent on social media and stuff like that. I'm going to focus on just building my socials and building my brand. And that's what I'm going to focus on. Once I made that decision and I stayed consistent on social media, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna build my, you know, build my brand. Once I got to a certain point, what I noticed was these companies started looking at started started reaching out to me hey man who is this who is this kid what is he doing so they saw the traffic they saw the numbers on the social media they saw that i was you know doing work starting to get gigs starting to you know do spot dates and tours and stuff like that so they decided to reach out ladies and gentlemen welcome to another episode of musically hits i'm your host zach reynolds jr we're here today with a guest who's no stranger to the two. We've got <laughs> J-Rod, Mr. Gerard Sullivan in the house. Thank you for coming on Musical Hitch, man. We're glad to have you, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me, man. Yeah, I've been looking forward to it, man. We, we met actually at a gig, typical stuff for musicians, right? You were yeah, playing man. with City Winery here in Atlanta, and uh, yep. I think it was with uh, Marcus Johnson. Yeah, Marcus correct? Johnson. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember, and that was that was a that was a tough show, man. There was a lot of musical conversation it was, man. going on uh, that night, and um, that was that was a, a masterful set that you played. And thank you. We connected after that, so um, I'm glad to, glad to have you on the show. I know you know a lot of people know of you and are, and are aware of your story, but you know I, I look forward to helping you know those that don't know you figure out why they need to. Right? Hey man, I'm, I'm glad to share. I'm glad to share my story. Man. Absolutely. Yes, so, so you're from Georgia uh, as well, uh, Cartersville, Cartersville, Georgia, originally. And a lot of people know you from, from social media. So let's just, I can't, we're going to kind of dive right into where, you know, we think the, 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 the most meat will come from. Right. Okay. So when you think about your, your journey on social media, mm-hmm. what have you found to be the key to cracking the social media code? Man, honestly, I wanted to, when, when I first started on social media, well, not when I first started, when I first uh, started to realize that, uh, you know, people were starting to follow me, 
and mm-hmm. you know I was getting traffic. I was I wanted to figure out okay, why are the why are, why are these people following me? What's the thing that I'm doing that they they like? And what I found out was they were inspired by the things that they heard okay. because the main my main content that I post is you know drum videos right. and playing to playing the music. So what I found out was that you know somehow the way that I approach music and the way that I play people are moved by it. So I would say the I would say the main thing is with, you know, cracking the code on social media is you want to figure out, you know, w- what do you do that inspires someone? Mm-hmm. Or what are you what are you doing that, you know, maybe offering knowledge or motivating someone? It's like right. to in order to to crack the code on social media, you know, I feel like it has to be something to to give people a reason to follow you. They you get they're either getting knowledge, they're being motivated. They're being inspired, or you know, they think you're funny, a comedian. Yeah, they like right. to laugh. So yeah. you know, I think it. I think it definitely has to do with you know one of those things for sure. Yeah, it's interesting. I heard uh, Pinky Cole. Shout out to Pinky Cole and Slutty Vegan. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. She actually uh, shared something one time in the interview. Um, might have been a, a podcast interview. She was saying that she, um, her social media team, they focus on like three or four things, and mm-hmm. I think it was like making people smile, making people laugh. Yep. Uh, Maybe emotions or make make you cry. Yep. And and information or in it, like education, just kind of making sure they're informed. Yeah. And that's regardless of, of what your your product or your service is. So exactly. Sounds like you've kind of taken like a similar approach to yours. Absolutely. So uh, take take us on that journey a little bit. So you started on YouTube, mm-hmm. 2006, and you were relatively unknown right at that point. Right. Absolutely. Kind of just was this at the house? At, at your, the house, just recording recording videos. Uh, so I started on a. Uh, I started recording with a, a Sony. It was like a little mini, mini uh, recorder, mini disc recorder. Okay. So I just started posting videos with that because you know I didn't have any mics, I didn't have any you know recording software, none of that stuff. Mm, I just had okay. you know, my drum kit, I had the camcorder, and I had a little boombox that I played music on. Ah, okay. So what I would do is I would uh, figure out what song I wanted to play, and you know put in the put the CD in the, the boombox, mm-hmm. hit play, set the camera right next to the speaker. Yeah, hit record on the camera and run behind the kit. <laughs> what was that troubleshooting like? Trouble, man. It was it was a lot, man. But you know, I, I got it done. I, I may have missed the intro on a few songs, but yeah. <laughs> but I, you know, I got I got in the struggle is real, right? Yeah. Man, that's it. But yeah, man, that's how that's how it started for me, man. Just it was just raw, nothing, no yeah. no editing, none of that stuff. Just like yeah. first take or whatever take is. That's what you got, but yeah, that's where it started for me on on YouTube. And um, like you said, yeah, I, w- I wasn't known. That was that was the beginning. Like mm-hmm. I, I didn't um, I didn't grow up in a in a family of musically inclined uh, you know people or wow. musicians or anything oh, okay. like that. So it was like you know the people I knew at church, the musicians that I met at church. That that was it. That's all the that was all the musicians that I that I knew. So mm-hmm. when I found out about YouTube, I was like, okay, so I can. You mean to tell me I can post videos and other people are going to see it across the world? Yeah, I was like, man. So I need to really, you know, I need to I need to use this as a, as a tool. In. Yeah, yeah lock right. in and you know put the work in and you know work on at the same time work on my craft, but also right. just you know start to promote my work mm-hmm. and post content. So that's what I did. I started posting content back in '06, and from there, uh, eventually I got called for my you know first gig in in, in my hometown locally, mm-hmm. and from that point. It was just like a snowball effect. Started networking with more people, met met new people at, at all the other gigs that I mm-hmm. did, and that's how you know that's how I started. So some people, I'm I'm sure. I mean, at this point, it's still pretty impressive for you know anybody to get 
amass 10,000 followers on any platform. It is. Right. And that's a lot of people's attention. Like you said, and there's a responsibility that comes with that. So for that person who's just starting out or is like, you know, somebody's been telling, man, you need to start doing more videos. Right. Like, what would you do today? For example, let's say, let's say you didn't have the gear that you have, right? Someone right now is maybe where you were when you started back in 06. Right. What would you do today to go from zero to 10,000 followers? Uh, well, I think first you have to, you have to have confidence and you have to believe in yourself. I think okay. that's the foundation because, you know, with social media, social media is a tool, but they can also, you know, it also has a negative effect too because mm. sometimes we find ourselves comparing ourselves to other people and right, right. you know doubting what we have and what we do but i think if the, if your foundation is strong and you're you're confident in in what you have and you're passionate about that thing that you do whether you're a musician whether you're a content creator whatever it is that you do if you believe in what you have then nothing will stop you from posting that content Okay. And and just going taking risks and, and going for it and never never stopping and never giving up. And mm-hmm. I think you have to start somewhere. So whatever resources that you have now, just because you don't have a high quality camera or recording content or I mean recording software or mics or anything like that, mm-hmm. as long as you have the thing that you do and something to record it and something to post content on, I think yeah. you should start. Okay. Immediately. So just get started. And then we'll talk to us about consistency because you hear about that a lot too. Consistency is the key. Consistency is everything. Right. Does, does that a philosophy you go by? And if so, what's your consistency? Absolutely. Like? Um, I think too, I, I think it's two sides to it. So consistency is important, of course, for social media because of the, you know, they say the algorithm is always changing and yeah. the more you post, the, the better. But even aside from that, um, staying consistent with, you know, learning more about your craft. Mm-hmm. And practicing is very important because you never want to get to the point to where you feel like you you've arrived, you made it, or and you just stop. You stop reaching out, you stop learning, you stop right. trying to right. gain knowledge. You mm-hmm. always want to continue to grow because it's always something out there that you can learn. Yeah, and just to True. just to get better at your craft. So I think staying consistent uh, with whatever you do it also builds confidence mm-hmm. because. You know, the more time you spend, if you're a musician, the more time you spend with your instrument, the better you're going to feel when it's time to actually perform. Right. Because right. you're not going to have any doubt about yeah. what you're playing. You confidence. know this instrument. You have right. confidence. So mm-hmm. I think consistency is a, is definitely a key on both sides. Right. But is there a quantity? Do you recommend like a certain amount of posts for days? Like if someone is like literally trying to make that jump from, like I said, zero to 10,000. Is there a certain amount of posts per day? Um, certain time per day? Um... Honestly, I would say it's it's for me it's a thin line because you don't want to you don't want to oversaturate. Mm, okay. It's like you for me I only post Some like, people don't believe in that though. They don't think like because they're like I've heard people say you posted it but nobody saw it. That's true. I mean, that's true. That's true you know? Yeah. So like what I this is what I do though. So say if uh say if there's a week where you're I mean you're busy like you don't have you may have a job, you may have something that you ain't have kids. Mm-hmm. Your time may not be as free to record a bunch of content in one week. Right. So what you could do is, you know, you go back, I don't know, three months, two months ago and post, re- repost a, uh, a video mm-hmm. or something, something old that you- Repurpose, yeah. Repurpose it, uh-huh. yeah. Because you have, at that point, you have new followers who haven't seen the content. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's a, that's also another thing to help with consistency because you go you have a busy week and you don't have time to record new stuff. Right. It's like okay, I have this this other video from 
three, two a month, two months ago, and you know I can repurpose it. Right. It, you know, and and people who didn't see it the first time now they see it. So mm-hmm. that also helps with uh, with, with uh, consistency as nice. well. Nice. Yeah. And so when you th- look at your current setup now, if you don't mind sharing, what is mm-hmm. your what is your current setup? Because we see these amazing amazing videos the yeah. audio sounds fantastic mm-hmm. so what do you use what's your audio tool of choice and, and and as far as cameras some people even want to know about things like that yeah so as far as um as far as the audio i use audis mics um and then the interfaces that i use are presonus they're fire studio projects i think it may be discontinued now but they have a, a newer model out mm-hmm. but um and then the uh the daughter i use is logic pro logic pro x that's what i work out of right um, and then as far as the camera, the camera gear, I use a Sony a6500 with a, uh, 16 millimeter lens. Hmm. So, and then as far as like a lot of people ask me too, about the, um, the moving, the moving shots, uh, as far as how I, I get the, the camera to move in the shot, it's on a slider and it's by, uh, um, it's by this company called the Shanks. So what I'll do is, you know, I just, you know, turn the, turn the slider on, I control it with my, my phone, Bluetooth. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, just set point A and point B, and just hit start. And while I'm playing and recording, it's just going back and forth, kind of hovering. Because yeah. what I what I used to do is, I used to have someone you know come and record me, you know, like a handheld right. camera. Right, right. So you know that you when you do that, you have to rely on someone else's schedule too. And it's <laughs> like true. when you get an idea to record, you, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. a musician like you're ready to put it down, you're ready to go. Right. So, but you also have to, you know, if you have someone coming in, you have to base it off of their schedule. So I wanted to, you know, figure out a way to make it look like someone was holding the camera yeah. in the video. And right. that was my solution. Right. Yeah. So you are an entrepreneur, right? At mm-hmm. your core. Did you know that about yourself? Like early on, was there any type of uh, indication? Because being a musician, you know, being musically hitched is actually a form of, it's one of the most pure forms of entrepreneurship. Right. The musician has to create music whether right. you're creating original art right. or whether you're covering someone right. else's original art, right. there still takes the initiative, that discipline and that skill to, to provide. We provide a service. That's basically what we do. We're yeah. entertainers. So um, at the core of music is entrepreneurship. When did you know that you were an entrepreneur? Um, I would say, I would say back in 2017. Mm-hmm. And it was when I, started to create clothing, like, mm. you know, the, my brand. Right. Um, it didn't start like God pocket is my brand now, but it didn't start there. Um, back in 2017, I had one of my followers, they, they messaged me and they asked, Hey, do you have any merch available wow. so, I, so I can support? And at the time I didn't, I didn't have any outside of my band four corners. I didn't have any, you know, music of my own. I didn't have any, any merch for sale. Mm-hmm. So it got me, uh, it got me to to thinking about different ideas, and I was like, you know, I need to I need to come out with I need to have something right. that I can that I can have available for my fans. So to, just a know. random follower, just is like you know, if you had basically if you hadn't thought about this, you should because I'll support. Yeah, one person, one person. So one person, one person. Right. It was it was most random. Like I didn't post anything that made them say say yeah. that or anything. No clickbait, nothing like nothing. that. <laughs> they were just they just reached out. They were like, hey, do you have any merch? And at the time, I didn't. So I started you know thinking about ideas. Initially, you know, I thought about, hey, maybe I should just come up with a, a logo that says J-Rod and put it on a t-shirt. Then I'm like, nah, because I mean, me, myself, I wouldn't wear a shirt with, you know, just someone's name on it. And that's just me. Yeah. But and I was like, OK, you know, if I if I wouldn't do that, let me let me let me figure something else out. What's something that 
you know, what's a message that I can put on the shirt that someone else can relate to? Right, right. So I started with this slogan that uh, it was called Create the Climax. And the meaning behind that was, you know, as drummers and musicians, I believe that it's important, you know, when it's time for you to solo, that you should tell a story mm. and you should build up to I like the that. peak and the climax. Good. You know, some people, some people caught on to it, but others, you know, it was something that I had to, you know, explain uh -huh. to them. Right. So then, you know, that, that kind of got me to thinking about, okay, hey, maybe, maybe I can create a brand because initially the, the, the idea was to just put something out so mm -hmm. my supporters could support my, you know, what I do. Right. Right. But after, after I put that t-shirt out and, you know, it was, and I realized it was something that, you know, somebody, some people got it, but you know, some people didn't. I was like, okay, let me go back to the drawing board. What's something else that, you know, that I believe in as a musician that that's universal. Right. And there's other, that other people can relate to. And I just remember as a, as a young drummer and a young musician growing up, what all the older musicians would tell me, stay in the pocket. <laughs> it's like, Hey, you know, pocket, pocket gets you paid. That's right. You know, if you, if you know how, if you know how to play pocket and you can hold a groove, then you're going to get, you're going to get called. Right. Like True. I was told, I was told that, you know, all of my years growing up right. in, the, in the music. So, mm -hmm. and I, you know, I, I thought about, I'm like, okay, how can I, how can I use a slogan? What's a slogan that I can come up with? So I got, I got the idea, got pocket. Yeah. And, you know, I went, I called uh, my, my friend Clarence Teeley and, uh, you know, I told him that uh, I had this idea and I was like, Hey man, I just came up with the idea, man. Have you, have you seen any, you know, Anybody using this, mm. you know, got pocket or whatever. He was like, nah, man, I've never heard of that. He was like, you need to, you need to go for that. Mm -hmm. And I looked on, uh, I looked on the trademark website. Yeah. I was like, man, it's yeah. no one, no one has this. I was like, he was like, nah, man. So I was like, okay, I'm just about to, I'm about to go for go it. And snatch that up. Real yeah. Quick. <laughs> let me go ahead and get it up. <laughs> so I put, um, I went for it and I put out two shirts. I put out a black shirt and a white shirt. It said got pocket on it. Awesome. And immediately. You know, people people hit me up. Hey, what what is this? Where where can I get one? I want mm -hmm. it because it, immediately people caught on to it. It was universal. Yeah, everyone knows. You know what pocket is, and even right. the people who aren't musicians who see the logo, they ask me about it. Hey, what what does got pocket mean? Right. And all I say is, if you go to a concert and you're able to enjoy the music, you're able to to dance, bob your head. The band's playing in the pocket. I was like, mm -hmm. oh, that's cool. I get it. Yeah, right, right. So it's just it's simple. Everybody can relate <laughs> to it, whether you you know you're a music lover or you're you're a musician. Yeah, no, that's yeah. great, man. That's 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 the epitome of, of music leads. I think that's that's fantastic. And so now you've got we've gone from one stream of income to two, yep, right? To because two. and you have to, you know, was it hard when you first started? I mean, I, you had the good news is you had a request. Right. Um, you said you made two shirts instead of just one, right. so that's resourcefulness, right? Right. Trying to get more bang for your buck. Yep. Talk to us about that journey. Was it a struggle though? Like to get the clothing line off the ground, like the YouTube thing that, that took off eventually. But what about the, this is a totally different beast, right? So I don't think it was, man, because it's like, it's almost as if I was my own influencer. Mm -hmm. Because by this time I had already built up the following. Okay. A certain, so a certain the music, the music is creating. Yeah, exactly. Right. So it's like, I'm the, it's like, I'm the driver for the main driver for the band, for right. the brand. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I didn't have to, I had to work. It's, it's not easy, oh, yeah. of course, but it's like, as far as getting the, getting the traffic and, you know, getting the word out, hey, this is, this is happening. Right. It wasn't so hard because all I did was just push my followers to right. that brand. Okay. And it didn't, it didn't start out as its own thing either. It started out with just 
a merch. Mm-hmm. But what I, I saw, I saw something happening though, and I saw people like, you know, representing it as its own thing, and not, right. you know, some people is some people will see the shirt and not even know that I put it out, and I'm hmm. like, hmm, maybe I should. Yeah branch off and let it be its own thing. So that's that's kind of what I did. And once I did that, it's like, I just, hey, this is my brand, go over here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? And, and people, who, people who loved it, people who uh, could relate to it, they just went, you know, they went over there to, to the brand. So Absolutely. That's wow. kind of where I started. Yeah. So in your early stages, are you shipping the shirts yourself and, and getting them out to people? Or oh, did yeah. you actually start? Okay. Everything. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. In the early stages, for sure. Um, I mean, What's I had the, a, What was the most challenging order that you had to fulfill like in the early stages? I don't know how you fulfill orders now, but. Uh, so what I would do is I would get a, uh, I had a printed, I had a printing company. So okay. I outsourced. So I went to them and say, hey, I want, uh, let me get 20, 25 shirts or something like that. And I started with, I started with black because black sells the most. Mm, so okay. started with black t-shirts and uh, order order of 20. And when someone bought one, I just packaged it up and, you know, shipped it. So mm. it wasn't, it wasn't too hard. Okay. Um, and also the volume wasn't, it wasn't in an a overload right. uh, status because, you know, we were still pushing the, pushing the brand right. and still getting the word out about the brand. So it wasn't, it wasn't overwhelming at that point right. too much. So. Yeah, that it was it was humble beginnings, man. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it grew over time. So and and, and now I'm sure you have you have a system in place. So how does it look differently today than than maybe when you first started? So I now like, I have I have partners. Okay. I have uh you know individuals that help me with the you know the whether it's shipping, whether it's uh, printing, um you know fulfilling orders or responding to emails, anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, pretty much have my own you know team within my within my circle. It's definitely right. you know people. People that I know, yeah. uh, people that I trust. So right. yeah, they're 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 there to help me. But before, in the beginning, it was, yeah, it was all a, hands on, all deck. hands on, <laughs> or, or two hands on that. Yours, that's right? it. <laughs> mine, mine, and maybe my parents trying to do whatever they could. You that's know? awesome. Yeah. Right. Well, that's good that they supported you as, as well because that's absolutely that, that's critical to any new new business and entrepreneur that whatever is. support you can get. Yes, sir. You, know, you need to go for it. But the key is you went for it. I went you, for you, it. You 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 get you paid attention to the call, and I, I've mentioned this I think on the show before, but there was a. Uh, a mentor of mine that, that challenged me to listen to the phone. Mm-hmm. So you were playing drums, but somebody asked for a shirt. Yep. And so you could have ignored that shirt. I could have. You know, and you, you wouldn't be sitting here at least with that on today, right? Exactly. But at the same time, you know, that's just an extension of who you are. Absolutely. And again, that's what, you know, what, what we're trying to do is make sure that people understand, okay, there's something in you that needs to come out. And, if, and it might be music, but music might also spin you off into something Totally different. So let's let's go back to the to the basics again. Let's talk about like when you as a drummer, mm-hmm. you're known for pocket, right? right? Not just the brand, but like doing it in real life, right? Right. So how do you approach your shows? When an artist calls you, I know that you're working with the legendary Jeffrey Osborne right now. So right. when that call came in and you were about to play his music for the first time or they called you for your first show, right? Where did you start? How did you how did you master the show? So it was crazy, man. The first time that I ever played with Jeffrey, it was uh we were in Barbados okay. for Barbados Jazz Fest. Nice. Uh, West Bird called me for that uh for that festival. Okay. So we were we were like the house band for for like six different artists. Jeffrey was one of the artists, and uh you know he sent us the music, and you know my my approach to really any situation is I wanna I wanna serve the music. I want to, you know, whatever patterns are going on, whether it's electronics, whether, you know, it's acoustic drums, I always want to capture the foundation 
mm-hmm. and the the feel and the mood of the of the music. Nice. But in addition to that, somehow you know incorporate my own stuff, but still serving the music. Mm-hmm. So that was my approach. I wanted to um, you know have the same feel, whether it was tones and in the drums or whatever mm-hmm. in Jeffrey's music and. I also have a youthful approach and okay. I'm, you know, I'm younger, so it's, it's going to have it anyway. Mm-hmm. But that was my, that was my approach. It's like, I know these are, it's timeless music and it's, you know, they're hits and I want to play. I want to, I just want to serve the music. Yeah. So that was my approach and just making, making the music, making it feel good. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I played the show in, in Barbados, uh, with Jeffrey, you know, he, he loved the band and, um, maybe like two, was it two years, maybe two years after that. Um, it was right before the pandemic, right? And he had uh, he had got my number from West, or may have been a bass player. He had got my number and uh, reached out because he needed a drummer at the time. And um, literally the day that I was supposed to fly out to do my first show, my first official show with Jeffrey, that's when everything shut down. Oh wow! Everything. Okay. It was on a it was on a Thursday, but everything shut down. And maybe a year a year later. Um, they had started to pick back up with shows and stuff like that. So he mm-hmm. reached, reached out again and um, asked, what I, was I still interested in, uh, in in doing the gig? And sure. I was like, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, they flew me out. I rehearsed with them. Um, met the rest of the band. Everybody's based in L.A. So I met the rest of the guys. And um, he locked in, just okay. played it, played the records, man. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just made it made it feel good. And, of course, you know, I, I had to figure out, you know, just small, small nuances mm-hmm. that the, you know, that the band was looking for just to, you know, uh, jail with the yeah. rest of the band. Right. And, um, you know, from there, it was just, it was it, everything just worked mm-hmm. from there. But that's my, my experience, the initial experience was, I mean, it was great from day one. Cause like being a kid and just hearing all of these, uh, you know, hearing all of, all those records on the radio, even though I was at an age where I didn't know who he was. Right. It's like, I knew, I knew the records, I knew the melodies and the, you know, the grooves and stuff like that. So yeah. to have the opportunity to, you know, later on in life, uh, back him as a as a drummer and play all these records that I heard on radio as a kid is just it's yeah. amazing to me. What are some of your favorite records to play from Osborne's catalog? Oh man, uh, I would say Woo Woo is one. <laughs> <laughs> um, holding on, that's probably my favorite. Yeah, holding on. Uh, back in love, I got a funny story about back in love. Yeah, that's so, that's uh, my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> so we we were in Barbados, right, and um, we were in sound check. Uh, and it was like a rehearsal. We treat soundcheck as rehearsal, but you know, he came to soundcheck slash rehearsal, and we're on it. We're playing back a little. We're going over it, and mm-hmm. we get to the vamp. We just stayed on the vamp for like fifteen, like fifteen minutes straight. <laughs> now it's like boom, 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 He's in, like he's in show mode. Right. So somebody was recording. Uh, somebody was, was recording the, the rehearsal. So after we finished, you know, they sent they, somebody posted, it and I saw it online. And we see Jeffrey, he's in the front, you know, dancing. <laughs> he turned around looking at us. It, it got so good to him. He was like, dun, 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 shit. <laughs> I was like, yeah, we in, bro. We got it. We got it. We in. So, man, Jeffrey, since day one, man, he's just been a, like, he's probably one of the most genuine uh, artists I've ever worked with, man. Yeah. His, his entire family, but. Yeah, that was that was a funny story that that uh you know that happened. Yeah, yeah from day one, man, he's just been yeah, been been great. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Musically Hitched. We hope you enjoyed part one with J. Rod Sullivan. Look, part two is coming up. 
Be sure to hit that plus button to follow the podcast, Musically Hits, here on Apple Podcasts. If you're enjoying the content and it's bringing you value and it's helping you progress as a music pro, do us a favor, please, and leave us a five-star review that helps the podcast to have an even greater reach. We also want you to visit us online at www.musicallyhits.com. More content there, access to other episodes that you may have missed in the past. Please don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel if you like video. We've got video for all of these amazing episodes. And also, you can pick up merch while you're there. Be sure to visit our online store, again, at www.musicallyhits.com. We'll see you on the next episode.